The number one failure that most small business owners make is that they don't understand marketing and, and they're afraid of it, so they don't touch it. And that's a real challenge. So unless, I've said this, if you can't figure out marketing, don't mm-hmm. go into business. If, you, if you're asking yourself, what is marketing after you've started your business, don't go into business. Mm-hmm. It's too late. Welcome back. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com. Who do we have? Robin Kroll. Kevin Butler. Jeff Wiener. Jeff Wiener. Michael Turksani. This I always I always forget. Michael Turksani. And uh, Jeff, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Nice to be here. Yeah, this is uh, very fun, very exciting uh, for us to have you on the, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, do we call it a show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I sure. guess so. What episode is it? 20? Episode, oh. I think it's episode 19. 18. I want to say that we're going to screw this up and Alex is going to be upset with us. He's, <laughs> he will. He's traveling and he's going to be like, we blew that one. We blew that piece. Um, yeah, but no, thanks for, thanks for being here. Uh, Jeff's been, I think you guys have been a client for f- probably going into three years now. Yeah. I have to think, uh, right? When we deployed Salesforce. So yeah. I think it's been about three years. Yeah, that's exciting. And um, Salesforce plus Acton customer. Plus Acton. Yeah. That's right. Um, so we wanted to uh, uh, get, uh, get Jeff on because... Um, Jeff, so I'll let you do the intro, but business that you're still very much involved in, Digicom, um, I would say is one of our more advanced users of kind of cloud yes. technologies and sales yeah. as well as marketing to date. And um, certainly a, a case study that we would point to is like sort of a success, uh, a successful user of both the systems and this from a strategy perspective. Um, but also maybe more recently, Jeff, if you could give us kind of, a, you know, the, kind of the history of Digicom and kind of what you're doing now. Sure. So I started Digicom in 1991, so that was a long time ago. Uh, really started it as, as a sole entrepreneur, running it from the basement of an apartment building, and grew the company to, uh, we had a little over, have over 50 people, uh-huh. and, and uh, I started primarily in sales when I first started. Uh, I was a technician by day and, and sales right by, uh, by morning, I guess you'd say, and I actually mm-hmm. carried a uh, and drove around, around with a suit in my car and would change from uh, my suit <laughs> oh. uh, on a sales presentation to uh, jeans and a golf shirt uh, when I had to do the installation. So that's how wow. I started in 1991 and grew the business uh, and, and exited in uh, the fall of 2017 and sold the majority share of the business at that time. And I'm now a minority shareholder in that business. So I still do consulting work yeah. um, with with Digicom, uh, and, and I'm there from time to time helping out, not necessarily in marketing, but mm-hmm. in all facets of the business, generally more strategic in nature rather than tactical. Um, and I now spend most of my time, I've got uh, about five clients that I work with, uh, and, and I work very part-time with them. So it's probably an hour, maybe a week, maybe every okay. other week here and there, helping them on issues of scaling their business, maybe marketing, uh, sales, how to build a sales team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and um, that's what I spend my time doing now. And, and I'm in real estate as well. So I manage um, my real estate with, with um, a property management company that, that I'm working with. And, and the kick-ass entrepreneur. I forgot no, that about was, that. Yeah. yeah. So I write a blog called The Kick-Ass Entrepreneur. And uh, I actually grew that. There's there's uh, 8,000 followers now wow. on the blog. Nice. Um, and I'm not, I haven't monetized that. Uh, I've been running it now for mm, almost seven seven months. I think I'm over 50 blog posts. And wow. uh, I, I've grown it 
um, not really with any intention. I had no set goal. I just, other than just write blog posts about business and entrepreneurship for small business owners and, mm-hmm. and see if I can help uh, people who are struggling with some of the thing, same things that I struggled with when I was running my business. Awesome. For the, just so for the listeners can know, mm-hmm. for the, the clients that you consult with, can you give a bit of a profile? Are they tech companies, roughly sizes of the orgs? Yeah, so again, keep in mind, there's only a handful of businesses. So uh, one business that I'm particularly intrigued by right now is growing very rapidly. Actually, so the nature of the businesses are are fairly varied, but one of the businesses that I'm working with is um, an Amazon reseller who's grown. He's now, his first year in business, about one and a half million in revenue, grew it to three, expecting to probably do five or six. Uh, and, and I'm very intrigued wow. by that because he understands the marketing, he understands the sales, he clearly does not help need help in that. And and for the first time in a long time, my suggestion to him, because I met him just a couple of days ago, was to slow down the marketing and sales because you're growing the business too quickly. Mm. You're not the, the operation side of the business is not Fall scaling uh, as you're scaling the business, and and his accounting is breaking. Uh, he, he does no idea where his inventory is. He can't keep track of his inventory levels. And I'm asking numbers, like what kind of inventory you carry? I think there's like 15 or 18,000 pieces of inventory that he's got in stock in different warehouses in China, in Canada, in the U.S. <laughs> and he, he doesn't own the warehousing, but he's moving uh, his business off of Amazon now. I think he's... He was 100% Amazon. Now he's 70% Amazon, moving it to his own, to his own website. So he's going, growing really well. And wow. I'm, I'm helping him on the operations side. Ironically enough, operations was never my strong point. But uh, I clearly realize he, the thing is breaking right now. He doesn't know how much he's making. He doesn't know where his cash flow is. So I mean, if you don't know where your cash is and cash in and out is, you've got a bit of a problem. So uh, that, that's, that's one client that I'm particularly intrigued by. The other thing that I really like is he's young. He's 25. Uh, 26 years old. Wow. Um, so, and, and wow. He, he's a whiz kid at, at mm-hmm. marketing, and, and I'm enjoying that because I'm watching the growth of the business and these people that he's hiring. Another really cool thing is that the business is very virtual. He doesn't right. have an office. He's working out of his condo. He's got five now coming on to six employees working for him. Yeah. And they're in the they're Philippines, virtual, yeah. Bangladesh, one in mm-hmm. Germany. So they're all over the world, and you don't need to have a physical office presence uh, with people in a building. And there's pros and cons to that, clearly. But we, one of our clients is the same way, 100% virtual. Yeah. Um, and I think they're actually a really good example of this is that that forces over communication, like detail around like yeah. emails, chats, um, phone calls. And that's the way you've got to do it. Otherwise, things will fall in the cracks because you don't have water cooler moments. Right. You miss a bit of that culture thing. Yes. And, yeah. and I'm not used to that. So I grew up in the old school. In fact, I, I believe you had to wear, even when I was running an entrepreneurial based business, you know, I'd go into the office feeling peculiar that I wasn't wearing a suit. And I went right. on my sales calls almost 30 years ago, I, w- I always wore a suit. Mm-hmm. So the times have changed. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit more of the water cooler kind of person. And, and um, I think you do lose some of that culture when you, as you try and scale an operation that's completely virtual. But I can see the benefits and merits of doing it. Because mm-hmm. then your world, your, your world of uh, employee base is not how many Constrained. people live mm-hmm. within your geographic mm-hmm. commute range. Sure. It's now you can hire the best person who's located anywhere in the world. You can be skill set driven entirely. Entirely skill set driven. Mm-hmm. And and then of course there's other issues that you need to deal with and, and, and that you're hiring hiring for for skill of of course and and um, motivation and all of those mm-hmm. other things that you look for when you're hiring great staff. But you're you're 
talent pool extends well beyond your geographic yeah, boundary. Yeah. Right. So, you, Jeff, you mentioned a couple of things. Uh, you mentioned, you know, operations, even though you said that's not really your strong suit, but you're also talking about culture. So, uh, you know, that's something else that's really important to a business as well as the, the sales and the marketing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these are all important aspects of a business that I'm sure you as with your experience as an entrepreneur, you can have those conversations. So what are some of the other challenges that you do see with, with your clients? Uh, so I would say, you know, the scale, the, the types of businesses that I'm working with are generally smaller in nature. So they're probably, uh, I'd say, fewer than 20 employees. My largest clients got 25 employees. And the, the really, the number one issue that I see is marketing. But even beyond that is inability to scale a team because they don't understand leadership mm. and they don't understand how to manage and motivate people and how to move from the tactical side of doing everything themselves and how to remove themselves from that equation and trust and manage people. So hire great people, i.e. maybe even a marketing person, and leave them alone and let them do their job. And your job and role as you scale a business goes from tactical to, to strategic. and right being a hands-on leader to being a bit of a hands-off leader. And, and you, the, by its very nature, a lot of the smaller businesses come from a world of constantly wanting to micromanage. And you need to stop micromanaging and start trusting people more. And that's a big challenge, and that's a real big mind shift for a lot of young entrepreneurs. So marketing is probably the number one challenge facing most businesses. But in terms of roadblock and scalability, it's probably lack of understanding of how to lead a, t a team and how to lead them successfully. And yeah. culture is part of that. Yeah, and I, I think that that's great. I'm, this actually helps us dovetail into some of the things that you've seen on the sales and marketing side of things over the last, say, 10 years and just in terms of your own experience as well as I know you're connected into the peer scale community and some of the other your other friends that would own businesses or, or colleagues that would have businesses that have similar challenges you know when th there's the leadership uh, challenge of, of maybe the CEO or president needing to back off a little bit and allow that process to occur I'd like you to talk about maybe you know how to pick the right leaders underneath um, to find the right people that can um, drive those initiatives forward. Obviously, if they're too junior, you're probably putting someone in a position to fail. Um, if they're too senior and they don't have a team underneath them. But also, um, the second thing, maybe you could just talk to, like, how does, how does a, a CEO that's looking to get into developing his sales and marketing have the right KPIs to really look to so that, you know, and give, give the person enough time, but say after a year of having a team in place, you know, what are the things that they would look for from a measurement? So maybe you could talk about like selecting your leader or that side of their people. You, you touched on quite a few things. Well, you yeah. mentioned KPIs, you mentioned leadership, you mentioned growing a marketing and you mentioned growing a sales team. So yeah. th there's a lot of little topics to digest in there. Which go. one do you want to focus on or do you want uh, me to just Go start? on leadership, build on to how, how would you recommend that they you know, be able to back off? Like what type of person would you want to have sort of on the on the marketing and sales side to sort of be able to feel good about that CEO pulling back a little bit? Hmm. So the, uh, marketing and sales, I'm going to take exception to, and I'll tell you why. Okay. So 
Um, here's my belief is that as a small business owner, uh, and, and I've challenged many entrepreneurs on this, and, and I, 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 I still fight for it, and I believe very firmly in, in what I'm about to tell you, is that no matter what your skill is and no matter what your experience is, if you come into a business and you're a software coder mm-hmm. and you, you're really good, a lot of those coders believe if I build it, they will come. And mm-hmm. they don't come. Mm-hmm. And they think, I got the best software in the world, but I'm not selling any of it. Why? I need a salesperson or I need someone in marketing. How do you do marketing? And they don't ask themselves that question. And I'd say the, the number one failure that most small business owners make is that they don't understand marketing and, and they're afraid of it, so they don't touch it. And they continue developing the most awesome piece of software the, that the world's ever seen, hoping for a unicorn that will mm-hmm. get bought out for, by, for 50 or $100 million just because the software's amazing. And that's a real challenge. So unless, I've said this, if you can't figure out marketing, don't mm-hmm. go into business. If, you, if you're asking yourself, what is marketing after you've started your business, don't go into business. Mm-hmm. It's too late. Figure it out. Figure out the marketing before you start, not after you start. I, I feel like that's actually part of the, you know, the, the entrepreneur, the kick-ass entrepreneur kind of guidance that you're giving these, these younger entrepreneurs. And like you said, it could be young by age or just the fact that, yeah, you're a younger business. You're not young. You're not a young person. You just, you're in your first few years of business that the entrepreneurial wave has almost hit us over the last yeah. sort of 10 years where there's this been this inflated expectation where, if, well, if I just start a business, I can be a quote unquote entrepreneur that it's going to be okay. And I'm going to be able to just have a ton of success. And I think you're going to see yeah. a lot of people kind of get slammed down um, or have this the expectation kind of drain where they're like, you know what? I, I didn't think about my sales. I just thought that I could be a tech guy and try to raise some money. And, and so what's wrong with, and I often wonder, are, are you, you tell me, are you an entrepreneur if you're running a $700,000 business, you're working from the basement of your house, you have no staff. You've, you've, got, you've built a nice dot-com, whatever, and you've got a blog, and you're bringing in affiliate marketing revenue, et cetera. Are you an entrepreneur? Are you an entrepreneur? I mean, I, I think if you, if you define an entrepreneur as um, being able to go out and, and make your own amount of money, um, I guess a small business. I, th- I think there, there's a couple of things in there. I think if you're if you're a one man show, there's a level of entrepreneurship there. I think that there's a totally another lens where you're building a team and and they're having a real business. And that's a distinction. So yeah. are are you an entrepreneur running a are you a solopreneur? You're happy. Right. You've got you're making seven hundred thousand dollars, and it's pretty much all going into your pocket, other than your hosting expenses and maybe mm-hmm. some studio equipment. Things yeah, that like sounds that. really good. You right? can have great life. You can work from wherever you want. Want to go to Bali? Sit in the beach. But you're not an entrepreneur. You know, you're not a you're not a business operator. There's nothing se, wrong right? with that. But is yeah. there a difference but, between but a like a, an entrepreneur though. and maybe like a startup org? So is there? Uh, of course. And if mm-hmm. if you're taking the perspective, I, I there's not. And call yourself an entrepreneur. You're making a lot of money. You're doing really well. You under in, in making that kind of money. You 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 figured it out. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those people aspire to, and there's nothing wrong with that building it to three or five or seven million dollar business and that's where Mm -hmm. some of the challenges come into play now for a business like that they've kind of already figured it out a lot of other people start up a business small entrepreneur they have an awesome idea their friends have said you could you make the best muffins in the world i love them why don't you start your own shop and they go open their own shop and and you realize they have no idea what they're doing they make really good muffins right or you made a really good piece of software but just because you've made a really good piece of software doesn't Mm -hmm. mean the world is going to unless you've got the the cure to cancer or or Mm -hmm. you've got the anti-aging pill and the people will, will literally fight to go grab what you've got if you have that you're awesome. You're, you're, you're going to 
retire a billionaire. But alternatively, if you don't have that, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Yeah. And conversely, like the most successful businesses don't always have the best product. Right. Yeah. Correct. So you've got uh, what I've always said is you need to figure out the marketing. And, and what that means, as far as I'm concerned, is understand your product. But then understand how do you market, how do you build a marketing stack, and what are all the pieces involved in doing that. And so I, I, I ran a marketing team and, and I ran a company, but mm. one of the things I wanted to challenge myself with was to see. So I wrote a book last spring and, and I said to myself, well, let's see if I can sell it and how will I sell it. So I started a website. And for my own purposes, I want I got very tactical with this. How mm -hmm. can I how many books can I sell? Can I build landing pages? How do you do this? And so I got to a very tactical level to actually see if I can figure out all the mechanics of the pieces that are involved in doing it. Something I hadn't done in, in a long time. Sure. And and the perspective that I gained while I was doing that, because I kind of figured it out was that if you're an entrepreneur going into business and you haven't figured out all of those pieces, it doesn't mean you have to do them all, but it means you have to understand all of the pieces that are involved in marketing before you launch a business. And if you understand how to do Facebook advertising, great. doesn't mean you have to do it, but it means you should understand the mechanics of mm -hmm. what's involved right. in it. Okay. You should understand what is a landing page? Um, what is conversion rates? Uh, why does it matter if I manage and monitor my KPIs? Um, how, how do I get someone to convert on my page? Does it make a difference if I change colors of buttons? Mm -hmm. So if you can figure some of those things out as you're starting, you understand the dynamics and the pieces involved and of, of what's required to build marketing. Once you're there, you can go back to building your business and then let someone else take over. Maybe you goose digital, but you understand all the mechanics Enough and the it. pieces yep. that are required to make a business successful. So that's interesting. You, what you're really saying, and I'd like to maybe switch into the non-startups and to say, and, and your experience is probably with... Um, with companies that are, I would say, are more tech, like tech companies that have, in our world, they they tend to be more mature. Generally, they already have a stack, and they're still everyone's trying to figure out their next level of marketing. But generally speaking, they've 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 done a lot of things. They're not digital beginners, as we would refer to in our model. But I want to switch to say, as a larger company, so let's say they're a fifty or seventy-five million dollar mid-sized business, and they don't have much of a traditional marketing, so highly sales-led org. Uh, maybe they're in manufacturing or logistics or any one of these other markets that isn't tech. Now you've got a CEO that's like, great, I need to start marketing. I need to figure this out. It's going to be digital, likely. I mean, that would be the advice and guidance. So what you're saying is that individual probably needs to recognize that this is that there are a lot of aspects to this. Now, he's probably not the guy that's going to go roll up his sleeves and play around in Facebook necessarily. What would be the advice or guidance to an organization like that? Let's say they've got 25 salespeople, they've grown to 75 million, great business, 40 years. How do they make the transition to sort of a more digitally led, a more marketing kind of rounded out approach? My, my sense is that, so if, if you're at, look, so so I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs from a from million dollars in revenue to as recently as two days ago, a hundred million dollars in revenue. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, I'm, I'm, Often surprised, maybe not, that the number one issue that most of these companies deal with, and, and most entrepreneurs are t dealing with a lot of issues when they're running their business, HR and, and sales and strategy and, and staffing and, and, always, and marketing. Always and culture. But, but, culture. Yeah, yeah. But the number one thing that I see consistently and, and brought up in, in peer groups that I talk to it, it, that they struggle with is marketing consistently, mm. whether it's $2 million 
or, or even smaller, or even a hundred million. I was shocked that the guy the other day saying we're struggling with marketing still. So it, it doesn't mean that they haven't figured out marketing. A because if you're running a seven sure. million you're dollar firm, you're doing something. You right? understand clearly. You understand messaging. You mm. understand how to build a brand. I mean, that's all part of marketing, right? Mm -hmm. a, a brand is a, lo a lot of people think a logo is marketing. So mm -hmm. it's part of it. A logo is part of your brand, but it's, mm -hmm. it's much deeper than that. So you figured some of it out, but they're struggling with the next level. How do you go mm -hmm. to three? When you're at 75 million, you're looking to what 150 to 200 million dollar business. And and honestly, I can't profess to really know how to do that because I've never done it. But mm -hmm. when you're at that level, you're still you're struggling with still bringing sales through the door. Unless you're a not-for-profit organization, in fact, they even need to scale their business. Your number one issue is how do I bring more customers to the table? How do I close more business? How do I hire better salespeople? Mm -hmm. you, know, you become a leader, so you're not dealing at the very tactical level of getting in and writing code for your an HTML code for your sales page, but you need to have the right people sitting at the top who understand marketing, marketing stack, marketing campaign, branding, um, and, and logistics and how to put all of that together. And people, they struggle with that, whether you're $75 million business or a $2 million business. It's what, from what I've seen, the number one struggle that people have. So maybe, maybe we could build on that and just, you know, if we said, what are, because I want to come back to the KPI piece because I know that you, you brought that up, but what would you say, why is that? Like, what would you say are some of the key drivers? Is it that things have changed so much in the last five years in terms of the tactical side of marketing what's the first thing that comes to mind if i said if i told you you're running a pick a number five million dollar firm you want to grow to 10 million because everyone has aspirations to grow their business mm -hmm. as opposed to saying yeah it's five million i don't care i'll stay at five million dollars for the next 20 years it's a cash cow business i'm good with that very few people say that because sure. as soon as you stop the, the attitude of I'm going to scale my business. As soon yeah. as you stop, your yeah. business starts to start dying. So yeah. the first thing that happened, when, when you say, I'm going to scale my business, I want to, I'm at $5 million, I want to go to $10 million. What, what do you need to do? I need to increase my sales. How am I going to increase my sales? How are my salespeople? My salespeople need leads. How am I going to give them leads? Start start with the marketing. Right. It, it, that, that's where you go. Okay. Circular, the yeah. operations piece is a different part of it. We talked about that a little bit earlier. But the mm -hmm. first thing you think about is, I need more sales. How do I get mm -hmm. more sales? I need to do the marketing. What do I need to do to market? my marketings may be broken because if I knew what to do to build a $10 million business, I'd be doing it. Mm -hmm. What am I doing today yeah. that I shouldn't be doing or what am I doing today that I should be doing more of or a better job are, of? Are, are you seeing in these orgs that are, you know, maybe mid-sized and, and potentially the, some of the bigger, smaller ones that you're working with, are they, you know, you walk into some of these these guys that you're talking to or girls that you're talking to, they're running these great businesses and like, we're still struggling with marketing. Is part of that a leadership problem underneath them? Like, are they still having a hard time finding the right VP of marketing? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and keeping in mind, you're scaling. So you're running a $75 million outfit. You you have a marketing team. You yes. probably have five or six people on a marketing team. And a tech team. stack and a bunch right. of stuff and going on. But, but what, are your mar what is your marketing team doing? And, and you know, one of the things that, that I've definitely seen um, in the last couple of years is, is, you know, what's expected of a senior level marketer. And it's very hard to find somebody who has all these different skill sets. And, you know, that, that's as opposed to, uh, you know, a CEO or a sales leader, what's expected of a marketer has changed so much over the last couple of years. A lot more. Because and finding marketing the right is, person, right? Sure. Because a lot of the things that's required to build a sales team, I'm, I'm, I may have to double rethink what I'm about to say, but <laughs> they're a little more stagnant. Blooper. Building a sales team's probably... It's probably more. And look, there's technology involved. You mm -hmm. want Salesforce. You want to automate your your quote generation tools. You need your KPIs and, and all CRM. that stuff. 
but marketing is changing at a much faster pace it uh, is. with yeah. the marketing yeah. tools and everything else that's involved. And the thing is, when you're running that $75 million or $5 million person, you have a great person in the, in the front. And if you're the president and you're trusting your person who's at $5 million, and they're not improving their skills and they're not learning and challenging themselves and, and getting outside of the box that they're sitting in and talking to their own marketing peer groups and yes. they're not pumping new information into their head, they become stagnant. Mm -hmm. So as the leader of that organization, if you're the president and you're working with someone who's at that level, who's not experiencing and trying new things, who's not reading books, going to trade shows, publications and all that other stuff, they're slowly dying and your business is going to die along with it. So the, the, the expression, Wayne Gretzky expression, skate to where the puck is going, not to where the puck is at, is very, holds true mm -hmm. in marketing especially. Mm -hmm. You want yes. to hire, not, not five places away, but you want to hire someone who understands how to build 100, you're 75 million, hire someone who's built and run a $150 million marketing oh, company. Oh, th thank business. you for saying that, yeah. Don't, if you're going to hire someone who, who knows the stuff, they're going to get the job done, but they're not going to take you to the next level. So don't yeah. be surprised if your business isn't growing is because you're hiring the people that have done what you want them to do, but they can't bring new ideas to the table. And yeah. if they're do, not bringing new ideas to the table, you shouldn't be surprised that your business isn't growing. It's not growing because you may be challenging your people. You may be a great leader, but if they're not challenging themselves, they're not growing into their uh, we, role. We, we've, the seen this, we've seen this a lot in, mm -hmm. uh, in, in marketing. I would say you, know, you hit a nail on the head where the, the, the thinking is five years ago. So like it's not necessarily bad, but it's not, it's not what's going on today. And, and some of the models or, that are being put in place, it's like, that's great. And you did, you did have that $100 million run, but that was five years ago. And we actually need to be thinking about some of these other things now that are happening. Like even in, at Goose, three years ago, we were running a certain style of B2B lead gen on Twitter and LinkedIn that is completely different today. In fact, there's elements of those systems that don't even exist mm -hmm. anymore. You can't even do certain types of campaigns on those networks anymore for B2B. Now, they've got a whole bunch of other cool new stuff, and it's probably better than what it was three years ago. But my point is that if you were a three, like if you had that, that experience three years ago, maybe you went off, did something else. Now you're coming back in, even as a practitioner, you're done. I mean, you have to be moving forward with these and, things. And it's, a, it's iterative and there's a learning experience and it's about failure. Right. So if you're not failing, you're doing something wrong. You're not trying and, hard enough. Essentially, because marketing is about success, but it's also about failure. So you can't expect to try 10 new ideas, 10 new software packages, and expect that 10 of them are going to work. Two of them are going to work. And right. how well do they work? So you need to understand your KPIs. But there's a big value in the learnings from things that weren't successful. Fail. Like fail is a... That's a strong word, but I know what you mean. But it's like this idea of like, what can you extract from that? Now you know something. So let, let's move into the KPIs, and then I think <clears> we'll we'll wrap it because we've we've been we've been on this has been very good, and, and I'm sensitive of your time, Jeff. But the let's talk about what to look for because you're talking about failure, which is great. You're talking about testing and learning and giving a business enough time. So let's just let, let's put a couple of KPIs on the table for a business that for their leadership to, from a marketing and, and like, just to know what's working and how to think about it, or at least how to think about it. Like, should I pull the plug on this? It's been six months. I hired a person. I'm doing some things and I'm just going to pull the plug because I don't understand it. How, how can we help them understand what to look for? So what is your lead acquisition cost costing you? Mm -hmm. For every customer that you're bringing to the door, how much are you spending? And if you don't know the answer to that question, stop. Think about it. Is my Google pay-per-click or, or being advertising working? I don't know, I'm spending $5,000 a month, is it working? I don't know, I got leads, where are they coming from? I don't know, are they converting? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but phones are ringing. Well, that's a problem, and you're not yeah. gonna scale your marketing. So every single thing you do, 
everything you do in marketing you need to understand and you need to understand the cost that what it's costing you and what it's producing for your bottom line gross margin net margin mm -hmm. so spending five thousand dollars in marketing on pay-per-click how much how many leads are you bringing in okay let's make an easy number 500 leads okay that'd be really good by the way <laughs> each lead so I'd like that <laughs> so you understand your cost per lead how many leads are converting and if you're selling a widget that's going to you know, selling it for five dollars and making two dollars and fifty cents it's going to be tough to pay off that if you're selling a widget for ten thousand and you're making five thousand dollars now wow. you know the contribution of every lead to your bottom line yes and if you understand that you understand how you turn the crank if i turn the crank just a bit and i go from five thousand to six thousand if i know that each lead cost me ten dollars and it produces fifty bucks toward my contribution and bottom line gross margin or net margin and you understand your fixed cost toward overall running your business for every extra dollar that I spend in marketing I know how much I'm getting back in return and yeah. if you're spending money on marketing and you don't know the answer to what is marketing's contribution toward my top line and toward mm -hmm. my bottom line if you don't understand that stop doing what you're doing until you can understand that you're throwing away your money so I, I what I'm hearing is then that's that's great that's exactly what I wanted you to say that from potentially where some of these organizations are struggling even potentially some larger ones is within their leadership being able to produce that style of of understanding for the business and be able to you know to be able to see that plus maybe some of the leading indicators of success mm -hmm. where, where it's like well, actually we're gaining success here it's not quite like maybe maybe our costs are really high because we're working through a process over six months to get it down yes. but but at least the ceo or the president whoever's running that initiative can see okay now i can understand exactly how that's going to go and we're going to give it another and the challenge is a lot of ceos say, hear other ceos say you got to do marketing and, and what, you, what tool are you using Pick a right. tool. HubSpot. Pick a tool. Pardot. Oh, okay. I'm going to go buy Pardot or, or HubSpot. Okay. I bought HubSpot. I gave it to my marketing person. Marketing person deployed it. And well, I don't know. We got some campaigns going. And they seem to be doing okay. Just because you have a hammer, everything isn't a nail. So deploying HubSpot doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Yes. You need Again, you need to understand if, if a CEO isn't asking the question of their marketing team, how much is this costing me? And what is its contribution to the bottom line? Stop doing what you're doing. Again, and I get back to that point. So yes. if the CEO doesn't know enough to ask that question, CEO needs to come back and study marketing a bit. Understand yeah. it's not just HubSpot you're buying, but it's where your lead's going, who's doing the quotes, how are the quotes taking that information over. It, it should all be integrated. And the yeah. bigger you get, the more important it becomes that you have an ERP holistic package where you can understand A to Z. The phone rings. How did, they get the phone, how did you get to the phone ringing? To the business is closed. To the sale has now been completed and installed or, or sold or shipped or whatever it may be. To what is my contribution afterwards on a, on a contributing, for example, if it's uh, a, a SaaS-based business and, and um, you, you, you're going to keep your average tenure of your customers two years, what's your attrition rate? Mm -hmm. You need to know all, all of that. that stuff, yeah. And if you can understand that. And I watched my brother-in-law build a business from a one-man show to a $500 million operation, and I watched him do it in four years. Whoa. And wow. I saw him do it, and I, he, he took me in. I said to him, Rob, how'd you do that? And he said, come in. I want you to speak to my marketing person. And that's when the light bulb went off. It was probably 2011. And that's when the light bulb moment went off for me because he explained it. And he didn't show me tactically all of the pieces. He explained what I'm telling you today. Okay. He said, if I turn the crank by $2,000, and I'm making that number up because the sales were a hell of a lot bigger, more than that. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that word on this you can. podcast. You can yeah. pretty much anything goes, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when, he, when he told me that, I'll tell you how many phone calls I'm going to get tomorrow, 
and I know how many people I need to have answering the calls. I'll tell you how much my what's it's going to do what it's going to do to my shipping department, and how many people I need in shipping tomorrow. If I increase my if I double my spend tomorrow, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm like, how do you know that? He says, I understand everything from A to Z. At a, at a, he understood it at a fractions of a percentage. Wow. When he said that, fractions so of a impressive. percentage. It's incredible. I said to myself, I if he can understand that to <laughs> fractions of a percentage, the light bulb went off for me. Yeah. Marketing isn't about having a great logo and building nice podcasts. and, and mm-hmm. It's about what is its contribution to something. Understand it. Okay, fractions of a percentage, you've got to be doing big numbers, but understand a KPI. Yeah. When you understand that and you know that if I increase or double my marketing spend or double my sales spend, what is its contribution to my bottom line? When you can understand that, you can you can keep going. Double, 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 double. And you have to deal with your operation side, which sure. is always a challenge. But if you can do that, I can show you how to scale any business. And Jeff, is the big, is one of the biggest challenges not knowing, and I'm not even going to use the word KPI because I think something happened before, is what's the question? What's the strategy? What do I need to know? And then you go to the next step of saying, I'm going to build out the KPIs. So, okay. So we'll, you get back one step further. What's your five-year goal? Most business owners don't even ask that question. Where are you going? I don't know. I'm just growing my business. Where are you trying to go to? I want, I, I, it happens all the time, all the time. I have this conversation. In fact, with a different client and a very good client, he wants to, I want to double my business. Okay, how much are you doing today? Three million. So you want to grow, double, six million, and how long? Three years. Okay, you want to be a six million dollar business in three years. What are you doing differently to get there? I don't know, selling more. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. If you want to be at six million dollars, which means you're going to double in, in three years, let's open up a, an Excel spreadsheet or a Google Sheets document. Back. And we've got to start to work that backwards. Mm-hmm. Doubling your sales means what's it going to do to your operations team? How many people do you have to have in marketing? How many people do you have to have in sales? How much is each lead costing you? How much? What can a salesperson bring in? So what can a salesperson bring? Half a million dollars a year. Okay, that means you need to have six salespeople to do that. If you hire mm-hmm. six salespeople, what's your failure rate on your salespeople? 50%. You need to hire 12 people in the next three years to close an extra $3 million a year in revenue. Yeah. My next question is, is this one-time sale or recurring sale? What's your goal? Well, I want to retire and pick a number. 10 years. How much do you want to have in your bank account? So if you want to retire in 10 years, you want to sell your business, you want to start mm-hmm. to develop an element of recurring business revenue in your business because that's what's going to sell. If you don't have recurring revenue in your business, yep. it's really tough to sell. So build a recurring revenue business. And if you do that, you start to build the valuation of your business and you'll improve it. But let's get back to the KPI piece. Said to him, you want to go from $3 million to $6 million. We actually started to do that math. And the goal that I gave him a project, this was a month ago, I'm going to see him tomorrow. And I said, your goal is build that Excel spreadsheet and then I'll tell you where, where you went wrong, where you went right. Let's talk through that. But at least have the spreadsheet. Yes. So with the spreadsheet in hand, we could now be very tactical. How many salespeople do I need to hire? You tweak those numbers and see where they go. Exactly. So if I know that my failure rate is 50%, you're being realistic. If you hire a salesperson, there's a 50% chance they're not going to work out. If you hire a marketing person, there's a 50% chance they're not going to work out. So with each person and what kind of marketing person you want to hire is a different question altogether. Mm -hmm. But as you scale that, put it into an Excel spreadsheet. Okay, I'm going to hire one salesperson this spring, one this fall, one in the winter, one next spring. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but you're going to make money doing it. Mm -hmm. Because if you... If one sales rep's contribution to your top line is $500,000 and you're paying them $50,000 a year and they're going to get $25,000 a year commission at $75,000, what's your gross margin? If the president or the CEO says, I don't know, that's a problem. you have a problem. A problem yeah. What's your gross margin? Okay, I don't understand gross margin. 
Okay, that's fair enough. Let's talk about what gross margin means. Let's talk about what, what, what your expense variable is. And let's understand your income statement. You need to get that. When yep. you get that and you put this into a sheet, you know what levers you need to turn in order to scale your business. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. I have learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, you know, I think, Jeff, this has been really That's helpful great. because, I you know, I think we were in, um, I would say, mostly mid-sized companies that are really struggling to put together a, a marketing. I'm not not mm-hmm. big surprise to you, a marketing plan. Oftentimes, they have very little marketing, a lot of sales. So they're putting not only marketing in place, but a digital program in place. And that guidance, you know, to these leaders that, you know, it does start with a strategy. Um, you do need to have a, a, a vision where your business is going to go and what, what do you think that's going to be, a doubling and a work back and how that's going to work. And then a, 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 a KPI structure where they can understand how things are performing. Um, those are a lot of the same things that we, that's what we put in place yeah. and what we try to ensure is in place when we walk into a business. Because if it's not, then we would we would clearly be you know, on the chopping block, so to speak. So here's here's what I have, my advantage to, now you're running a beautiful business, you're in the marketing game, but people call me and they say, I want help with my marketing. Mm-hmm. I'm not Goose Digital. I never want to be a, a Goose Digital. I have no interest in doing that. So I ask them the question, we talk, my first question is, how's your business doing? Well, I don't look at my income statement that often. Or, let me ask you, how much profit did you make last year? $200,000. Okay, that's a decent amount. Are you paying yourself a salary? Yes. And how much of that $200,000 have you actually put into a holding company? What's a holding company? How much of that $200,000 have you actually put somewhere? I haven't taken any of that money out and I don't know where my profit is. So right. I ask the question, where, if you're making $200,000 a year or three hundred or whatever the number is, where, what are you doing with your profits? So the advantage I have is coming back to the entrepreneur and saying, you're not ready to work on your marketing. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's get. Let's your, take a step back take here. A step get, back. get your get your house in order. Get your business order. organized. Right. They don't understand their income yeah. statement. They don't understand their balance sheet. In yeah. fairness, entrepreneur didn't scale the business. They're not an accountant by trade. No. So I'm going to say, let's get you to a point where you're working with accrued monthly income statements, mm-hmm. where you understand and you're doing accrued proper accrued based accounting. You're looking at it monthly. You're looking at your cash flow daily. You understand how much you're making every month. And you've set up the right corporate structure to lead you to profitability. Yes. Now you're ready for marketing. Yes. It took me six months. The last, the guy that I'm meeting with tomorrow took me six months to get to the point where I said, now we're ready to work on doubling your business. Because when he called me, he says, I want help with marketing. We haven't touched right. marketing. Not we're not, we're touched not there yet. yet. If yeah. he'd called Goose Digital, yeah. you wouldn't have had that conversation. No, you're right. Yeah. Now I'm ready to say, I'm not going to say his first name, Bob. Let's call him Bob. Hey, Bob, I got a company for you. I think you should call it Goose Digital. Right. He's ready for that. Mm-hmm. He's ready to take the, the leap into marketing. When he first called me, he wasn't ready, didn't understand. Well, it's great. It's definitely um, hugely valuable, like, you know, as an entrepreneur myself and, you know, uh, this is my third kind of real business now. I can see how that type of advice and, and guidance, um, if I had that type of stuff in my, in my first business. Um, but just, you know, just generally helping entrepreneurs through that process and getting, getting set up, getting house in order and then moving forward. So, you know, Jeff, um, we, yeah, we appreciate your business, even though I know you're a majority, uh, shareholder in Digicom minority, minority, sorry, minority, uh, in Digicom. Um, but it's been uh, a great opportunity to work with you guys and and with, with you specifically. And thanks for being on, on the podcast today. My pleasure. And congratulations on the success of your business as well. Thank Thank you too. This is great. Thanks Jeff. Yeah. Nice meeting with you guys. Thank you. Under the water
Yo, oh. 